But what's going on, FCA? Welcome back to another episode of True Life Sessions. My name is Michael Hawks, and I am your host for today's episode. And in today's episode, we travel to Cleveland, Ohio, and have a conversation with a four-sport senior in high school athlete named BK. BK opens up with us and shares with us what Jesus has done for him. In his story, in his testimony, he shares with us some tragic experiences that drew him closer to Christ through his word and through his, the community around him. And then we have a conversation with FCA staff person Nobles Darby. Nobles Darby serves in Cleveland and does ministry to coaches and athletes on the pro level, high school level, college level, middle school level, all around. And Nobles shares his relationship with BK. He shares a little bit about what is it like to do ministry in the city of Cleveland, and then himself opens up and shares his own testimony. And the goal of this episode is that through these men's story, that you would be encouraged, that you would be pushed to dive deeper into God's word, that you would be pushed to dive deeper into God's community, and that regardless of what season you're in, you're not alone. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump into my conversation with BK. Well, what's going on, coaches and athletes? Welcome back to True Life Sessions. Man, I'm so excited for you to be here today. I think we have an awesome episode for you, and I have a very awesome guest, cool friend, uh, Mr. BK. BK, what's up, dude? How you doing? Good. How are, how are you, Michael? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, we're, we're kind of far apart. Um, we were talking before this that there's a time difference, and trying to get through all of that is is a little weird with me in the Pacific Northwest. you want to share where you're from in the country? Uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland. Now, I have to ask you a question. Uh, do you love or do you hate LeBron James? Oh, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to go. It's a love-hate relationship. Yeah, know? yeah, totally. You know, when he left the first time, it was, I'm not going to lie, it was a little bit of hate. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we, we love that he brought his championship to Cleveland. We, we love yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, I just I just remember the the gift where he's just like Cleveland. It's just yeah. Anyways, oh yeah, man, <laughs> it's so good. Well, again, uh, man, just so thankful for you. Thankful that you would w- be willing to jump on here. Um, and uh, I'd like to just allow the people to get to know you a little bit. So you're from Cleveland. What sports do you play? I play four sports. So I play, oh wow. Uh, I play golf, cross country, basketball, and track. Which one of those is your favorite? I love golf. Golf, golf, really? Is my thing, yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, like, how do, are you like good, or are you just kind of like out there for fun? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'd say I'm, pre- I'm pretty good. <laughs> so, if me and you went out, there would be a big difference because I'm just not. I'm the guy that doesn't really keep score. I'm just out yeah. there making friends. You would be kind of like showing me up. Yeah, huh? I'm about. I'm about as good as a uh, you could get when in Cleveland, Ohio, when it's snowing and and what mm. is it? april now yeah yeah okay that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense um okay what is your favorite tv show right now oh i'm watching uh i'm watching loki right now on disney plus yeah yeah so that's that's pretty good yeah i just finished it actually i I don't know why i didn't watch it when it came out but it's a pretty good show pretty good show yeah pretty good yeah um let's see uh what's your favorite snack Ooh, snack Uh, i like i don't this is so so weird, but cheeses. I don't know. Oh, bro, cheeses are fire. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it could. Uh, I feel like that could. I will eat anything. I will, I will yeah. snack on anything. Cheeses are fire, dude. Um, let's see. Uh, how long have you been a part of FCA? Um, uh, this past December. So okay few months now yeah yeah so. you're fresh in you're fresh in and we already yeah. got you on a tls I, I love it i love it that's oh, awesome yeah, i love it 
Um, okay, so we're going to kind of transition a little bit. Um, and this this month, the theme is you are saved. So in our everything, we're talking uh, about what does it mean to have everything in Christ. And this month specifically, we're talking about you are saved. And we're, we're pulling that from Colossians 1, 13 through 14, which says, He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. In Him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And the way in which FCA is describing you are saved is by saying, through Jesus, you can be rescued so that you can experience a full life on earth and eternal life in heaven. So with that in mind, with that theme in mind, with that verse in mind, BK, you want to just share your life story a little bit? I think I think it'd be awesome for people to hear kind of where you came from uh, when you met Jesus and now where you're heading because you met Jesus. So yeah, um, before I met Jesus, I was one of those people who you know, went through the motions, went to church every Sunday. I've been, so I've been Christian pretty much my whole life as, lo- mm-hmm. as long as I can remember. Um, yeah, I went to church every Sunday, went through the motions, but I never really was one of those people who really sought after God or a relationship with Jesus and his word. Mm-hmm. But um, so it was actually about two years ago now um, when um, before, this is before COVID, my mm-hmm. mom actually got diagnosed with breast cancer. Wow. So, um, so that was a big hit for me and mm. in, in my life. And then um, it was just a struggle deep within me because the big question for me was how, how do good things or mm. bad things happen to good people? And I, I, like my mom was one of the uh, most loving, caring people who, in my life. And, and she sought after Jesus. And then um, when that happened, my uh, a couple other things happened. My dad also got fired from his job, mm. and then COVID hit. So I was a very dark place. Mm. Um, didn't didn't know what to do, and I was questioning God. So then, um, what happened was uh, it ended up. I mean, they say, "Oh, God always has a plan," and it ended up working all out for good. God is always good. God is good all the time. And mm. I ended up transferring. My family moved, and I went to Cornerstone Christian Academy, where now now i've met nobles darby and, and mm-hmm. joined fca but um my mom is now cancer free praise, praise god for praise that. the lord and um i realized back then that if all that didn't happen i really wouldn't be where i am today which mm. i'm so thankful i'm just thank i just thank god for that every day and and i realize now that um all those bad things that happened were just god's way of pulling me closer and, and showing me how much i need him and how much my family needed him. And I'm just so thankful for that. Wow, man, thank you so much for sharing. And I'm really sorry that that happened to you. And that's so tragic. But, you know, praise the Lord that everything worked out for good. Um, But I think what you're saying really relates to a lot of people. I mean, all of us, if we were to sit down and start talking, we'd go on for forever, (laughs) talking about the battle scars, the wounds that we've gained in our life from really just life being life. Um, But what, during that season, you know, you get hit in the face with this tragic news, your dad gets fired, COVID hits. What in that season helped you transition to not look at God as like, man, how could you do this to, man, thank you for this? Like, how did that transition happen? Really, it was, it was, so I, uh, I went to Cornerstone and that's when I really started Cornerstone Christian. That's when I really started, um, seeing it. I heard about, um, I never really heard or, or wanted to, uh, go into God's word or study God's mm-hmm. word and, and, and see how God was sovereign and working all things for good, even when I couldn't see it. 
So I needed the reassurance of, of God's word. And I also needed the reassurance of people around me, you know, yeah. uh, also to, to encourage me yeah, and just let me know that, um, that, I mean, they love me and, and the most important thing, Jesus loves me. Mm. And so with that, I could get through it. Wow. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. And I'm, I'm thankful to be on this side, to be able to hear this. And I know that there's probably coaches and athletes listening to this right now, watching this, that probably relate very much to you. Um, and I think what you hit on is super powerful is that it wasn't just this, like, pick me up by my bootstraps. Like, I'm going to figure it out. I'll just look at life. Well, I'll, I'll be, I'll be more optimistic. I'll be more this, I'll be more that. But it was actually these practical steps of like, man, I just got in God's word. God started to transform me. And then I got into God's community and God's community helped transform me and helped guide me to that uh, to a, a better perspective on on life, um, and then that kind of gets us to our, our the verse that we were talking about. Like, I think a lot of people on the outside looking into the Christian faith may think it's like just we're just a bunch of people like who are like just wanting to go to heaven one day. But I think something mm-hmm. that this verse really hits on is like when Jesus rescues you, you that first part says you can experience a full life. And it's like, there's something really, really powerful in that. Um, how as, has your life become more fuller now on the other side of all of that, on the other side of the tragedy? But now that Jesus has you know, changed your perspective, how has that life become fuller? Well, I mean, just I, I look at everything now and I, I see everything as a blessing from God. You know? mm. uh, the people in my life that, I mean, I never would have met otherwise if, if all that stuff didn't happen. And, um, I'm just so thankful, thankful for them. Uh, thankful to God, most of all, Mm -hmm. um, for just helping me through that. And then, um, the other thing, how you started out is, um, it's different when, when you prioritize God Mm -hmm. or, uh, I, you know, I play four sports. So, so before those could have been, sounds terrible saying this, but those could have been the priority in my life. And then, uh, one thing I know like our basketball team focuses on is we want to glorify God in everything we do. Like you said in the beginning, mm-hmm. when you prayed for us, uh, um, we just want to glorify God. And, uh, especially, uh, I know in our interviews, we, we, we glorified him to the point where people would get annoyed, you know, yeah. <laughs> and that's almost like, um, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's like, whoa. Mm. Like, oh, uh, well, but we know that Jesus was hated first, so mm, uh, dang. we can yeah. just be encouraged by that. And yeah, that's awesome. So, what you're hitting on is that Jesus brought a fullness to sport, Jesus brought a fullness to community, Jesus brought a fullness to the outlook of life. And I think that's so good because I think people get it twisted sometimes that they think that we're just a people that's sitting in a line, rate, rate, like waiting to get on this amusement ride. Like that's what the mm-hmm. Christianity is like, well, one day we'll get to heaven and then every, which is true. But I think that's only half of the story is that Jesus came to actually, he says, he's praying. He's like, may your kingdom be on earth as it is in heaven. Like there is this dynamic of like, yes, yes one day to come. Absolutely. But how can we experience heaven right now? And I think that's something that, that you're hitting on is like, man, coaches and athletes could experience heaven in their sport, mm-hmm. could experience heaven yeah. as they coach, could experience heaven as they're playing with their friends, hanging out. And I think that's such a, that's what I always tell people um, that don't believe in Jesus and are atheists or agnostic. It's like, I'm not worried that one day you're not going to go to heaven. That is a big deal. And I do talk to you about that. But I would, my biggest worry is that you miss heaven now. 
Like yeah. the way in which I see life is just just changed. The way in which I see fatherhood to my son has changed. Uh, being a husband to my wife has changed. A brother, a friend, it's changed everything. And so I think I think what you're hitting on is super powerful, and I think a lot of people can really really relate to. Um, as we wrap up, thank you again for your story, and thank you for being open and honest. We just met like <laughs> ten minutes ago, <laughs> and yeah. so thank you for being honest with me. But man. Just imagine for a moment that on the other side of the screen or, or listening to this right now is a coach or an athlete that may be right in the middle of one of those seasons where you're just like, God, what? Like, what? Like, you say you're good, but what I'm experiencing isn't good. So help me. What would be one thing, one piece of encouragement that you could tell them to maybe help them not just get through it, but see the good in it? Um, uh, one of the things... My dad always told me was uh, before, but this before I was saved was uh, try your best and forget the rest. Mm. And then, and then after um, I came to Jesus, I tr- and changed that to try your best and give God the rest. Mm. So whatever, so that what that means to me is whatever you're doing, just uh, stay. Uh, there's going to be the the hard times. Just stay in the mm. Lord. Uh, stay in in His Word and. Uh, mm. And eventually, uh, we know that the, the heaven uh, is coming. Uh, mm-hmm. The world beyond this is coming. So, just uh, keep going. I know mm-hmm. it's hard, but keep keep it going. Man, that's so good. That's so good. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture is in Hebrews, where it says, "We do not have a high priest that can't relate with us, but actually one that experienced everything we experienced and knew no sin." And it's like just to know that the the king in which I follow has experienced anxiousness, has experienced mm-hmm. hurt, has experienced abandonment, has experienced all of these things, but knew no sin helps me have hope in the season that like, man, this guy that I'm following, this king, this God that I'm following can relate to me. He's not just like, okay, hurry up, like get out of that season, get out of that bad thing, like just put a smile on, like get better. But actually he meets me right in the middle of that place. It's like Psalm 23, like he is in the valley of the shadow of death with me at the table surrounded by my enemies, comforting me with just who he is in his presence. And man, I can't wait for heaven. Absolutely. But I think, man, the best thing for a coach or athlete today is like, man, don't miss heaven now. And that that is a beautiful thing that Jesus has done for us because of his death and resurrection. BK, man, you you the man, bro. You the man. What are you playing? <laughs> what are you playing right now? Uh, I'm 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 in track right now. I'm okay. trying to get out out in golf as as much as I can. But you know, the weather's just been so. The weather's been a typical Ohio. Yeah. And uh. But yeah, we're trying to, to get out, and hopefully the weather will clear up here, and I can get out and play some golf. Yeah, yeah. What do you do in track? Uh, I'm distance, so okay, uh, sixteen hundred, eight hundred. The not, the not fun, the not fun part. I'm yeah, just that's what, what most people. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just Pretty kidding. Much. That's awesome, man. Well, let me pray for you real quick, and uh, then we'll close it out. And uh, yeah, let's do it. Jesus, we just love you. We thank you so much. And God, I just thank you for BK. I thank you, God, for his willingness to be vulnerable, his willingness to be open. And Lord, just tell of the good things that you have done in his life. And I pray, Lord, that the good things that you have done in his life would actually be a testimony to those that are going through a hard thing right now. And God, that in this moment, his story would help somebody else's story 
move along, that you would advance somebody, you would draw somebody closer on the other side of this, uh, closer to your heart, closer to you, God, because of what BK has shared today. And I just thank you for allowing him to be a vessel of your goodness and your grace in his life. And I just pray for him as he leaves this call, goes out and does all the things that he's, you've called him to do. Uh, pray that his golf swing is straight. I pray that he runs as far as he can. Uh, but also, Lord, that he gives glory to you, just like he said, that he does his best, but gives you the rest. And God, I just thank you for him and his wisdom and just pray that your hand would be upon him and uh, go with him as he as he does what he does in his school and in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome, BK. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Well, thank you so much again, BK, for sharing your story, being vulnerable with us, being vulnerable with our coaches and athletes. And uh, I'm just super thankful for your story, super thankful for how God is transferring you from that kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And man, sometimes that transfer process is super hard. And we, we heard in BK's life through trial, through tribulation, that um, Jesus took him on that journey and is still continuing to take him on his journey. And that's what I love about what BK was sharing was I really didn't think that his story had a period on the end, but it had a semicolon. Like it, it could stop, but no, God's going to keep going and keep continuing to work in him um, at his school, in his sport. And so I'm just super thankful for him. But as we transition again into this final half, I've invited, uh, you heard BK talk about him a little bit, but Coach Darby, Nobles Darby, onto the podcast. And uh, Nobles, you just want to intro yourself and uh, say hi to the people? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, it's a pleasure to be with you, Michael. I'm uh, really excited about True Life Sessions and everything God's doing in you and through you um, with this ministry platform. But uh, for those that don't know me, uh, my name is Nobles Darby the Fourth, or all my friends call me Nob, Metro Cleveland Director um, in F for FCA in Cleveland, Ohio. I've uh, been on staff coming up on four years, man. So just wow. looking forward to what God wants to do through this opportunity to uh, share on this platform today. That's awesome. That's super awesome. And so me and you are both in two different cities. We're in the same country, but two different cities. And I know FCA in Portland looks one way. I'm sure FCA in Cleveland looks another way. You want to talk a little bit about that? What is it like ministering in Cleveland, Ohio? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think a, a good um, point to bring out is that not only do we have the opportunity uh, and the privilege to minister to um, elementary, middle school, high school, collegiate coaches and athletes, we also have the unique ministry opportunity to uh, minister to professional coaches and athletes as well. So in addition to my role of being on staff with FCA as Metro Cleveland director, I'm being able to serve six counties throughout Northeast Ohio. I also serve as the assistant chaplain for the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, who in wow. 2016, let me remind the people, um, you know, <laughs> won, a, won, a, won a title uh, with a guy named LeBron James, Come on. And, you know, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, you know, the list goes on and on. Yeah, all, yeah. All, all, all future Hall of Famers, but, you know, to keep the, the focus on the main thing, um, it, it's, a, it's an exciting experience and a privilege to be able to minister to um, professional coaches and athletes as well, because these guys have tremendous platforms of influence. And we already know as an organization with FCA, our mission is to lead every coach and athlete into a growing, growing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. But our vision is to see the world transformed uh, by him as well through the influence of coaches and athletes. So it's that influence that, you know, we're able to tap into and help these guys how to understand how to leverage their platform of influence uh, for the kingdom. So um, guys doing some really cool things in Cleveland. A lot of these relationships were birthed and formed 
during COVID. Um, and so while everything and everyone was shutting down and people were taking a step back uh, to really just reevaluate life and reevaluate priorities, uh, we were taking a step back to really reevaluate ministry and mm. see what did God want to do in our Cleveland area. And he just opened up a tremendous door uh, to be able to minister to pro coaches and athletes in our city. So um, it's been phenomenal uh, to partner and just to be able to be in these spaces um, where God has entrusted us to share his word in a way uh, that would reach every um, stemming from our ministry theme this year. So it's been mm-hmm. good, man. That's amazing, man. I, I love to, I feel like we could just have a whole podcast on that and what that experience is like, um, man, like I, w- I would, I would just ask like, what what is like the biggest thing you feel like a pro athlete struggles with? Um, mm-hmm. Just, just being on that platform, having that much influence on a soul level though, what is like a big yeah. thing that you see just a theme that, that they're struggling with? Yeah, big thing would be trust uh, mm. because they're in a space and they're in a position where um, they have everything. You know, a lot of these guys uh, come from nothing. Um, and so this is their first time being able to, you know, have real money and, you know, be in different positions and purchase certain things. And with that, you know, comes the weight of, you know, people uh, reaching out to you, you know, not to mm-hmm. check on you, not not to see how they can serve you. Um, but, you know, they're coming with a handout. And so mm-hmm. a lot of professional athletes, you know, have trust issues because, you know, they, they want to be um, giving, they want to be approachable, but, you know, understandably so they have to keep a safe distance and keep their guard up because they don't know who's approaching them and for what reason. Um, and so I, w- I would say that's why it's a blessing to be able to serve in the way that we do, uh, because, you know, it is it, nothing more then we're not trying to get anything from them, but we're trying mm-hmm. to get everything to them because we understand, you know, no amount of money can replace or, you know, put a uh, value on a relationship with Jesus Christ uh, because on. that has eternal value. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so I would say trust is a big thing. But, you know, when I, I love what David said, you know, David, he served with uh, integrity of heart and skillfulness of hands. And I believe that when we have that same uh, mindset and posture as believers, then God can trust us to go into certain ministry environments because he knows that only his name and his agenda will be lifted up and glorified. Come on, Nobles, let's go. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. <laughs> yes, it, it ain't Sunday, but we can still preach. Hey, hey we can still preach. Come on. I love yes, that. Sir. I love that. And I think, I think too, man, it just sounds like faithfulness is such a key ingredient to minister to a pro athlete that's struggling with trust because you got to be in the long game. You got to be willing to sacrifice time, sacrifice uh, scheduling, all this stuff to build relationship. I feel like the the barrier of trust to jump over is probably a little higher than a middle school student. And so it's like trying just faithfulness, allowing God to be, um, to just bless you showing up and being present. Um, so that's super awesome. And I'm excited to just watch and be, you know, I'm glad you're on my team. Come on. I'm glad, I'm glad I'm on your team <laughs> yes, and I'm excited yes, to see sir. what, what God does through that. But you, you minister to pro athletes, pro coaches, but also as we heard in our interview with BK, you minister to high school athletes, middle yeah. school athletes. And I'd love to you to, for you to talk about like how you met BK, just that whole process. And really what is the change that you've seen in his life? He transferred, you know, from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. That's what we're talking about. You were saved by Jesus and Jesus alone. What was yeah. that process looking like that, like walking with him in his life? For sure, for sure. And like you said, man, you know, minister ministry to pro athletes and coaches is phenomenal, but 
you know, uh, it's also phenomenal to be able to go into these schools and be able to uh, reach and impact um, these high school, you know, and lower, uh, you know, grade level coaches and athletes as well. One thing that we saw during COVID, as I mentioned previously in the interview, is that people just had time. So mm -hmm. we had time to really, you know, connect with coaches, walk them through our E3 uh, discipleship training, which if you don't know, uh, simply stands for Engage, Equip, Empower. Um, mm -hmm. And this is preparing disciples to go make disciples. And so we were able to walk a, a number of coaches through that uh, E3 discipleship training, um, a number of high school athletes. Um, and so it's been incredible to be able to see what God has done, uh, you know, in the high school level as well. Um, so as it pertains to BK, I met BK uh, through his father. And so his father and I had a lot of mutual connections, um, but he and I hadn't known each other yet. And so his father was invited to join our Metro Cleveland board. And mm -hmm. so we were able to develop a relationship that way. Um, and once he was able to see the ministry of FCF close and personal, uh, when he took the head coaching job at Cornerstone Christian Academy that BK mentioned, uh, his his father, um, whose name is Babe, um, Babe knew automatically FCA had to be a part, you know, of his coaching experience there mm. at Cornerstone. Now, granted, yes, it's a Christian school. And so, you know, the students and the athletes are attending chapel and things of that nature. But um, Babe saw the immense value in having a specific FCA huddle as a part of his basketball program in order to specifically dive into some things uh, with his players. And so BK uh, is a senior. He was one of the unquestioned leaders on the team, tremendous mm -hmm. work ethic, tremendous heart. And so when I met BK, um, I could tell that he was newer into his faith journey, um, but the same hunger and passion that he approached his sports with, he also approached uh, his relationship with God with as well. And so I saw this being a guy that, you know, as long as he was um, discipled, as long as we walked alongside him, as long as he had someone uh, that could really walk him through the scriptures and help him to understand God's purpose and, and, and the calling that's on his life, um, that he would have that same hunger and desire um, to become a better Christian, a better Christ follower, um, as he wanted to become a better golfer, basketball player, you name it. And so BK uh, became our huddle leader. Um, he ran a lot of the team chapels um, pregame. Uh, he was definitely a spiritual leader on the team. You know, when 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 there were different uh, moments of contention um, during throughout the season. Now they had a great season. Uh, I believe they only lost one game in the entire wow. regular season, but they wow. battled. You know, as a team, you know, just the typical things that all teams go through. You know, different mm -hmm. personalities. You know, just mm -hmm. trying to jail things of that nature. Um, but I remember there was one particular chapel where BK referenced uh, the verse where in the Bible where it talks about. Um, a friend is born for adversity and a brother. Mm, uh, yeah. you, you know the scripture that I'm talking yeah, about. Proverbs, yeah, Proverbs, yeah. Yeah, exactly, in Proverbs. And he referenced that, mm -hmm. and you just saw how it really just galvanized and brought the guys together. So um, to just watch BK's journey, uh, faith journey, over this past season has been incredible. Um, and so when it came to identifying uh, an FCA leader um, at Cornerstone, when it came to identifying a candidate to share on True Life Sessions, um, BK was the easy decision. Absolutely. And I love that. And what I love about your heart is I think a lot of times people get it twisted with, especially in the church, it's like, okay, well, they need to get to this certain point and then we'll give them some opportunity to lead. And it's like, 
I, th- I feel like we need to change the, yes, we need to disciple, we need to make sure they're on that journey, getting in God's Word, let, allowing the Holy Spirit to transform them from the inside out, but also there's this, like, momentum. Like, I want to see momentum in somebody's life, and then I'll give them something to to, to, get, to grab a hold of, to, to lead, and mm-hmm. I love that you're empowering in that way. It's not like, okay, you need to get through these things, and then we'll allow you to lead. It's like, no, we see momentum in your life towards God and His goodness and His righteousness. Man, let's get let's get him on something. Let's let's let him do something. And, yeah. and I love that. Uh, was there anything in the interview that BK said that 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 really just stuck out to you, encouraged you, that we need to reiterate for coaches and athletes maybe listening to this? Yeah, uh, and I, I love the the wisdom that BK displayed during mm-hmm. his interview, and I think that ties back into what you just shared, Michael. Is that you know, when we're looking to help someone grow and develop in their faith, you know, it goes back to our third E. It's empowerment. Yep. You know, it's being able, you know, to confidently give them space to do what God's called them to do after you've, you know, walked with them to the point where, you know, okay, now it's time for you to, you know, really step further into what God has called you into. So I think that unleashes a greater level of confidence, you know, in the life of a believer when they sense and they feel oh man, like I'm starting to get the hang of this thing, you know? And so it was, it was just beautiful to be able to watch um, BK's evolution, so to speak, as he continued to grow into a a true authentic Christ follower. But going back to his interview, man, um, I love how he talked about the story with his mom and his dad, his Mm -hmm. mother being diagnosed with breast cancer, his father losing uh, the position that he had um, and how the, the, the statement that he made, how do bad things happen to good people? Mm-hmm. And immediately when I heard that and I was listening to BK's story, um, to which I knew as I you know got to know him, uh, Romans 8.28 immediately jumped out to me um, because I, I think that's just a scripture that really speaks to, you know, when, when things that I don't plan to happen, happen, or when unexpected things come into my life, you know, what's the, there's so many scriptures, but one scripture that's really held true for me is Romans 8.28, you know, which simply tells us, and we know that all things work together for the good of go- for the good of those that love God, they're called, um, and they have a purpose. Mm-hmm. And so there's three simple truths um, that I've often overlooked in that scripture, um, but they give me confidence even to this very day to know that everything works together. The, the first one being, you know, I love God. And, mm-hmm. and I know that I love God because there's a scripture in, uh, I want to say it was 1 John 4, we love because he first loved us. Yeah. And so it becomes easy to love God when you know that his love for you is unconditional. The second truth, we're called. When we know that you're called, you live different, you yeah. move different, you think different, you operate different because you know there's a greater purpose for your life. And the third truth is we have a purpose. You know, no one uh, born on the face of this earth uh, was born devoid of purpose. And, yeah. and so going back to our ministry theme, you know, we're talking about every, everyone has a purpose. So mm-hmm. when we know that we love God, he loves us, I have a calling on my life, and everyone has purpose, we can be confident that even God uses the bad things, the things that don't feel good, to work together for our good. So I love how BK shared that, and that was immediately what popped out in my mind. Yeah, and I think that's so good. And I think something that BK was sharing that really triggered something in my mind is I think a lot of people, and especially people outside of the Christian faith, they, they have this theology that it's just God and humans. And whenever anything in the world is going wrong, anything in their life is going wrong, the only thing or the only person that they could point at is God. So people get really mad at God when bad things happen. And we forget that there is an enemy that is actually very much against all of us. 
those that are in the faith and those that aren't are not in the faith. And there is this enemy that is prowling, like Scripture says, prowling around like an like a lion to steal, kill, destroy. And our pastor was talking about it this past weekend. It's like the devil's main purpose is for you to question the goodness of God. He did yeah. it in the garden. He's done it all throughout Scripture. So what makes you think he's changed any today? Like he is going to continue to do that same thing. And if he can make you question in your head for just one moment, man, is God actually good? Then he is, he's working. He's doing what he's doing. And his, his tactics aren't very smart, but they're organized. And he's not very powerful, yeah. but he's smart. And so I think, I think we got to get this idea out of our head. You know, Scripture says that our war is not against flesh and bone. It's just not, mm-hmm. but it's actually against the principalities of darkness, the rulers of the unseen yeah. world. Like, like that's a that's a heavy verse. Like, man, yeah. like there's something going on around me that I can't even see. And mm-hmm. so it's this reliance upon who Jesus is and His goodness to keep reminding ourselves through Scripture, through community. Which I love what BK was talking. That was my favorite. One of my favorite things was like, not only did the tragedy turn to testimony, but the tools in which God used in His life to draw Him back to Himself. It yeah, was his word. Yeah. It was an aff- affection for his word. He kept reading his word. He kept reading God's word and allowing that word to transform him through the Holy Spirit. But then also, which I think a lot of people dip out on, is the community of God. That being around mm-hmm. the people of God, being in the proximity of believers, actually pushes us to better and more righteousness. And I love how he shared that, and it's so practical to us, because I think a lot of times people think that the Christian life is this individual. We've We've put the Western yeah. culture and society of individualism onto Christianity and say, like, okay, this is my walk with God. This is my quiet time with God. This is my, All like, right. I'm reading scripture to get something for myself. And the whole New Testament, the whole Bible is written for a group of people. And so it's like, I love how BK's like, man, I needed people and I needed them. And I love that because <laughs> I think that that yeah. uh, pushes all of our, us, me, you, coaches, athletes to be like, okay, I got to get in the word and I got to get in community because Man, like there is an enemy that is that is prowling around, looking for Absolutely. a moment, looking for a hole, looking for a crack to pounce. Um, and so that's so good. I'm so thankful for BK to share again his vulnerability. Like I, we yeah. literally met like five minutes before we had had this conversation, <laughs> and he just jumps right into it. And I'm like, bro, don't ever lose that. Like, don't ever yes, lose sir. that. Like, keep that yeah. vulnerability. Jesus kept his scars, so let's keep ours so we can tell the testimony of who Christ is in our life. So as Amen. we transition, man, like we're talking in every this, this month, we're talking about you are saved. So it's from Colossians 1, 13-14, transferring from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. This is what Jesus has done for us as believers. And I thought it would be, you know, I was telling BK, and uh, we were talking before this, I thought it'd be awesome for you to just share a little bit about your own story. Like what did that transfer process look like for you in your life? And because I, I had a, a pastor say a couple weeks ago, everybody's story can help somebody else's story move forward. And so mm-hmm. I would love for TLS to become that that type of platform where people are getting on, showing the scars, showing the brokenness, but also showing the goodness and the and the great, great work of Jesus on the cross. Um, so I'd love for you to share, if you don't mind, a little bit about that in your own life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, my journey really started early. I come from a long line of pastors and ministers in my family. Um, and I remember as early as the age of seven, uh, my mother was driving me to school and we were on the freeway, uh, one of the more popular freeways here in Cleveland. And I remember I looked out the window and in the sky, I saw the devil and God's angels um, 
at army. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, fighting one another. They were at war with one another. Um, and I remember it like freaked me out as a kid because that was the first time I'd ever seen something so vivid. Uh, mm-hmm. But it goes back to what you just shared, you know, about the kingdom of darkness, uh, warring against the kingdom of life, uh, kingdom of light. And even, you know, Paul talks about our flesh, you know, warring against our spirit and things mm-hmm. of that nature. And I just remember, man, at the age of seven, I looked over at my mom and I told her what I was seeing and tears just began to flow down her face. And I asked her, my, what do I have to do to give my life to Christ? Um, wow. So I remember, you know, committing my life to Jesus as early as the age of seven. Wow. Um, and then I remember six years after that, uh, I began to feel a pull uh, from God on my life. Um, and I began to question, well, what's God's purpose? What's God's will? What's God's calling for my life? And I remember talking with my grandfather, who was my pastor at the time, um, and he gave me some scriptures to read um, to, to well, back up just a little bit. We had a special prayer service uh, mm-hmm. one night and uh, we were all praying in our individual groups. And, you know, my grandfather said, hey, if anyone needs special prayer, uh, come to the front. And so I remember I began to feel this overwhelming um, sensation come over me. It wasn't bad, but you know, it, it was intimidating because I'd never felt anything like that before. As I look back at it now, I know it was the presence of the Holy Spirit because mm-hmm. I just kept hearing and feeling this voice say, go. And it just mm-hmm. kept rising up within me. Um, and so I went, um, you know, to the, uh, to the altar. Um, my grandfather smiled and he looked at me. He said, Holy Spirit told me you were coming. And so he said, what is wow. it that you want from the Lord? Exactly, right? <laughs> so crazy. imagine, you know, I, in my mind, I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm 13. This I'm is wild. Like, You're like, like, how did you know that? Like, <laughs> He's talking to you too? You're hearing that? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, uh, he, you know, I, I asked him, he said, what do you want from the Lord? I said, I want to know what God's will is for my life. Um, and so he and my grandmother, you know, they smile at me and he tells me to, you know, go read First and Second Samuel. And if we know anything about scripture, we know that God called Samuel, um, you know, in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he eventually said, here am I. Um, well, at 13, I knew that God called me to ministry, but I wasn't ready to say, here am I. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know any 13 year olds teaching and preaching the gospel. <laughs> um, and at that time, you know, I was content being the church drummer. I was cool with playing all the sports I was playing, you know, and, and, and I knew I loved the Lord, but. I didn't know if I loved him that much. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> and so at, at 16, man, you know, I remember um, there was a conversation with my grandparents, um, my grandmother specifically, and she, uh, I was in the car. She looked back and she said, you know, God ain't going to change his mind about what he said, right? And so I realized, okay, you know what? Let me go ahead and just surrender my will to the Lord. And at 16, I accepted my call to ministry. And wow. so that that deepened, you know, my relationship with God. And then, you know, that transfer that you're talking about. So I would say, you know, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't just um, my parents' salvation or my grandparents' salvation that saved me. No, I, I knew I had a relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until I went off to college where that the, the, the strength of that relationship was tested. Um, so, you know, I thought I was going, going away to school to you know, play football and, you know, do all these different things. You know, I got to go to the school of my choice. Little did I know um, I was walking into warfare uh, Mm -hmm. because this was my first time being away from home and the enemy did, you know, or he attempted to do what the scripture talks about, sifting me as wheat. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll be the first to tell you 
um, it worked. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, I got away on campus. It was my first time being away from home. So I started to indulge in things that I necessarily wouldn't indulge in, um, you know, parties, alcohol, um, kicking it with uh, females, you know, all these different things. Um, and reality hit um, in December of 2006. I'll never forget it. I got a letter in the mail um, stating I had a 1.06 GPA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I had been suspended from this school for a year. And I'll be honest, Mike, man, I, I felt like my life was over in that uh-huh. moment. And I felt like I had fallen so far from the hand of God, you know, I, but I remember, man, um, I came home and I'm, I'm American. I'm making a very long story short. That's I just good. remember coming home, man. Um, and I'm completely uh, disgusted, you know, at the person that I'm seeing in the mirror. Tears are pouring down my face. And I just remember, man, um, you know, my grandparents always talking about, you know, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Mm. Um, and that just kept ringing in my spirit. Um, so as I'm looking in this mirror, you know, um, the wind is beating up on the window. It's raining hard outside. But I just asked God, I said, God, if you would give me one more chance um, to get this right, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. And I remember, man, in that moment, it felt as though the weight of the world came off my shoulders. The rain literally stopped outside and the sun came beaming through the window. And I felt as though God had given me another chance. Mm. Um, and so when you talk about, you know, that transfer, you know, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, granted, I was always in the kingdom of light. Yeah. I just allowed that light to become extremely dim mm-hmm. in my life as a result of the influences that were around me. So, yeah, going back to what BK shared, man, I think when you're going through life um, and what life has brought to you, uh, it's important to know who you're around. You know, when you look at the story of Job, you know, Job's friends came and sat with him. But, you know, these are also the same friends that, you know, told him to curse God, you know. And so I think that it's important to be surrounded with true, authentic Christ followers and individuals that, you know, don't see your situation, but they see the God that's bigger than your situation, right? And so, you know, my friends and my family, you know, they really helped me uh, to get back to a place uh, where the kingdom of darkness, um, although it was waging war, um, the kingdom of light um, was fighting back just as strong. And it's that light that I'm still walking into this day. So God is faithful, man. That's awesome. That is so good. And again, I think what I heard in BK's story and what I heard in your story is that it's still a process, you know. We've never arrived. We've never reached this point of full righteousness. Not right now. One to come, hopefully, you know, by by Jesus' yeah. grace. Thankfully, that He is going to restore us fully. But I, yeah, I love that. There's just like a semicolon on the end of your story. Like, man, I'm still I'm still walking forward, and by God's faithfulness and God's grace, He's continuing to allow me to grow into the kingdom of light. Thank you so much for sharing that, and I appreciate your vulnerability. I appreciate you being real, and. Uh, because I think there's a lot, probably a lot of coaches and athletes that can relate to to that story, the wandering, the wandering son, you know, the wandering, the prodigal, yeah. the walking away. And I think what you're what you're hitting on is something that we've talked about on TLS before. But the world will say that this that the freedom of the world is way better. You may think going out and doing yeah. what you want to do, going out and doing what you think is right, going out and doing what you think is fun. You may think that's freedom, but that is the actual lie of the world. <laughs> because yeah. the more and more you actually walk into that thinking it's freedom, the more in prison you actually become. That when I sacrifice or I compromise uh, the 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 way in which God's made me, the way in which God's wired me, when I, you know, go out and I get 
slammed on something, you know what I mean? Or I'm not doing what I'm supposed to. I may think in my head that I'm actually living in freedom, but for my soul, it's actually making me walk deeper into prison and actually Mm -hmm. living in the righteousness of God. People think God's this guy's just got this big book with a bunch of rules in it. It's actually the fullness of life is what Jesus said. He's like, I came to give you life and life abundantly. And that's what I loved what me and BK were talking about, you know, how FCA is describing this part of the theme is that you could live a full life now with eternal life to come because of what Jesus has done. And it's not this, this, we're waiting hopefully one day to experience this. It's like, no, because of what Jesus has done, he has now brought in the outpouring of his Holy Spirit, the kingdom of light now walks around in us till this day. And we can live this extraordinary life, this full life in God. And so, man, I'm super thankful for you. I really appreciate you being on here and uh, being real. And I'm hoping that, you know, we put Cleveland FCA on the map. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, love, I love it. I love how TLS gets to, to pull us together. And uh, we get to have these awesome conversations over such a long distance um, and become friends and become teammates. So, Nobles, man, I'm super thankful for you. Thankful for your story. Yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity, man. Again, you know, I love how God is using uh, you and using this ministry platform of TLS to just highlight um, so many different spiritual journeys really all over this world. You know, FCA yeah. is in over 100 countries all over this world. And so it's just a it just speaks to, you know, God's heart for every. Um, and so mm-hmm. I'm just honored to have been able to play a part in that today. And um, I pray God continues to bless uh, TLS to impact the lives of coaches and athletes all over this world, man. Keep up the great work, bro. Thanks, bro. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, BK. Thank you so much, Nobles, for your wisdom jumping on here and just sharing with us today what God's done in you in that transfer from the kingdom of darkness, the dominion of darkness into the dominion of light. Super thankful for you too. And we're praying for Cleveland FCA. We're praying that God blesses it abundantly more than you could ever think or imagine. Coaches and athletes, I hope you were encouraged by today's episode. And if there's one thing that we know, it's that our stories matter. And our stories, when shared, can help move other people's stories forward. So maybe your step for today is sharing your story, what God's done in you and through you to somebody around you. Thank you again for joining us for this month's episode of True Life Sessions, and we'll see you next time.